I think it's interesting. I do still kind of believe that we're messing up real art with our fake art. That's okay though, because Caravaggio would would not mind. He definitely would. He would probably kill someone. He would say, "Get out Caravaggio. of here! This is my artist studio. You're putting lines on my paper." Caravaggio was Italian, not French. <laughs> Botticelli noodles. <laughs> the rat is the cook. <laughs> What's the, uh, regrettably, we are all out, out of, of wine. <laughs> this is a peasant dish. A peasant dish. I watched Ratatouille and I thought about you the whole time. Welcome to The Crunch. It is your boy, Ethan. Hey, I'm Patrick. I have a question. Is that a tattoo on your arm? <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? Is that a tattoo on your arm? Where? Which arm? This one? Oh, the other one. No, I don't have anything on this arm. No, the other one. You have do you, two. Do you think I have a tattoo on my other arm? Right. It looked like you had like a henna on your arm. Did you get a tattoo? Did I get a tattoo? It looks like... Listen, did you get a tattoo? You have to tell me these things. It's in your contract. <laughs> contract is what? <laughs> I mean, maybe it's I... It's in your friend contract. Maybe I got a little freaky and decided, you know, before Patrick's wedding, maybe I'll do something that I've always wanted to do. Did you actually get a tattoo? It's a temporary tattoo of, ah, of Our Lady of Guadalupe. It's I was going to say, that's a pretty big it's tattoo. It's a big tattoo for it being uh, a spur-of-the-moment decision. It's funny because... Yeah, we, second of all, we were going to do roll-up sleeves at the wedding, but I guess now we're not. Oh, I can <laughs> take it off. It's not no, there forever. We So Emily on my team had, uh, had these tattoos. They're, the brand is called Prison Tattoos, which is just, I think, interesting. <laughs> and it was for Our Lady of Guadalupe's. And so we, we put them all on as kind of like a bonding thing. And we sent it in to the focus people so that they could put a picture of us up on the training videos. And mm-hmm. they look, look at us. We're tattooed. Because um, they look very real. But uh, I FaceTimed, or Emma FaceTimed me like that night, like right after we did it. I said, hey, I got a tattoo. And she just went, uh-huh. Like she just it was not even not even interested in playing the game with me. It was just like, sure you did. But then I was FaceTiming her later, like the next day, and it still lasted, and I just kind of like stretched my hands over my head. She goes, It looks so real when you do that. And I'm like, Well it does. Maybe it's because I got the body for it, you know? Maybe that's maybe that's <laughs> this is this is my time. Listen, tattoos look good on two types of arms, muscly arms and skinny arms. Skinny I have white in arms. between arms, so I think I could get uh I think I could make it happen. I don't know. My my forearms are barely muscly. Mm-hmm. Like it's that weird like halfway in betweensies. Sure. Or like they still look fat. They just don't jiggle. One of these days I'll have those lifter forearms. Ripped. Like Chris Pratt. Oh, yeah. I want those Chris, Chris Pratt, Pratt forearms. forearms. For a second in my mind. Look up that man's forearms and tell me you don't want those. In forearms. my mind I saw Chris Paget's forearms, which is a very different image. Nope, not not different at all. He's the same. So what I was saying before we recorded the show. Yeah. Oh, man, I got so much gas going through my system right now. You need a gas X. I do need a gas X. We also stopped and got slushies on the way back from Catholic Charities, which might not have been the best. You're drinking this. You're like, oh, this is the consistency of my. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Last night we watched the movie Anastasia and you asked if it was on Disney Plus. It's not a Disney film. It was made no, by it's not, but it is on Disney Plus, Fox right? Animation. I don't think so. As I don't think. Oh, they didn't buy Fox. They bought. Well, yeah, they did. Did they? Oh, it might be. I don't know. But it anyway. was. Uh, oh, I do want to clarify. We're recording two days after the other the last episode, episode. So very so little Ethan, has happened. 
Ethan, yeah, I still have happened. diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted I wanted people to know that no, Ethan has not had diarrhea for, for a week two and weeks. a half. Yeah, yeah. Go on. <laughs> Hopefully, God willing. Yeah, really. Um, <laughs> I talk about my. You're not allowed to leave. I talk about me getting rid of my diarrhea in the same way that seminarians talk about getting ordained one day. God willing, you know. Um. <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, we watched Anastasia. I had never seen it before. Rasputin in that movie, very creepy, definitely oh, yeah. sells his soul to the devil and mm-hmm. uses the powers of Satan to try and kill people. And it was just yeah. like, I don't know. I mean, when I was a kid, I'd probably be like, oh, man, that's super scary. But looking at that now, I'm like, that's probably what happened. What happened? That's probably what Rasputin did. Ra ra Rasputin. I did convince the Russian queen. I did convince one of my teammates that that song was in the movie. And then at the end, she goes, wait, where was the song? And I was like, oh, silly. That's not, it's it's a pop song. But yeah, he, he definitely like, he, he's like the, ah, this is going to get political. Come on, come on, come on. He's the Jared Kushner of ancient Russia, of like, of Tsarist Russia. (laughs) Like he got his way in there somehow. Yeah. And he did, no one could get him out. No one could get him out. It's just crazy how many times they tried to kill him and he just didn't die. Like, yeah, there's no way. Yeah. I suppose lots of things can happen. It was 1917, right? They hadn't really figured out how to kill people, but <laughs> nature did it for them. <laughs> yeah. But there, part of me is like, definitely again, diarrhea killed people back. Hey, then, Hey, I'm Hey, pretty sure there was definitely something else going on. Something, uh, otherworldly, if you know what I mean. Or he was just really good at faking. Or he was really good at faking. Or he was really good at being drowned and then not dying. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know how you can fake that. <laughs> No, that's fair. They, th- they well, tied no, him up I mean, and I threw him into it. a river, and he lived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Russians are usually better at killing people. The dude that. was like Johnny Knoxville, but in <laughs> in Tsarist Russia. <laughs> I, I just I thought I, I meant in the sense that like he was very good at because the I'm pretty sure the story goes like the queen would turn to him for advice. Yeah, when the king was out at war. Yeah, and and her son was sick, and so he she turned to him for like healing and stuff. Sure, and. I think he was able to convince people that he had magic powers, either because he actually was like soul of soul of the devil, or because I, this is just a, this is just a, a transition into go. something that's barely worth mentioning. Um, or he was just very good at like faking magical powers, like psychics, right? He or was a kook. people who read enneagram tests. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about today. I keep seeing a neogram on First my of all, let's say Instagram. It, let's say it correctly. Enneagram. 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 <laughs> Enneagram sounds like something that goes up your butt. Enneagram sounds like the thing that singer who sings the sad songs would, would that's write. That's Enneagram. Enneagram. Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> that's my bad. Enneagram Why? does sound like oh my gosh, what's that? What's something that what's a what's a thing that goes the the pill that goes up that's like that's a suppository, but there's another word for it. Mm-hmm. It sounds like an eogram. What, what is it? What is it, Patrick? Do you know what it is? Enema. Enema. That's what it sounds. Let's like. take an enemagram together. I just shouted enema at work. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> what? This this podcast is now the enemagram podcast. The enemagram podcast. But yeah, I keep I keep seeing it, and and it's literally the funniest thing. I was talking to Teresa about it because she and I both hate Myers Briggs. Yeah. And she is very convinced that an en- en- enogram whatever is demonic and i don't i don't doubt it i think myers briggs is somehow racist i'm not i'm just i'm just the, guys, everything that came out of that time you guys, in history was you guys remember 2020 where patrick thought everything was racist because he read one book 
No, this is not because I read that book. This is because I have. A, I just have. A, I have. A, I have. A, uh huh. Okay, first of all, I did read that book, and apparently, IQ tests discriminated against black people. So who knows what else did? Yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, yeah, I keep. I keep seeing people like post. I'm a type two. Mm-hmm. I'm a type three, and um, all I, I I see I see I saw someone read uh read the type two description, and the type two description was like very passionate about uh things that gets really passionate about things you're interested in oh I'm like, that's, yes that's everyone only only a few people are like that only a few people get passionate about things they're interested in. or and then there's other there's other are uh descriptions of people it's like you're you get very angry when people hurt the ones you love and i'm like yeah that's yes. again that's everyone and um yeah so i i think i think that uh Enneagram, Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Enneagram. <laughs> it's hard not to say enemagram now, isn't it? <laughs> enemagram is, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's just another one of those things where it's like they tell you what you want to hear, they tell you good things about you, and you're like, oh, this is my identity. My identity is this now. It's this, it's exactly like people who still use horoscopes, right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say like it's demonic. I know that Michael O'Brien is not a fan of them, which makes me not a fan of them. Uh, yeah. because i trust him implicitly but he's your cal he's your cal newport he is he really is <laughs> and i'm fine with that uh what if jesus was your cal newport oh huh? man flash me back to a oh. steubenville talk in 2013 oh, if, St- if steubenville conferences were still happening i know let me that gone let me say so my well. opinion on enneagrams so uh the one time i was don't put a mask on no come back not over your headphones. That just looks unwieldy. It's over my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> so my only experience really with the Enneagram is one time I was riding uh, I, when I didn't have a car last year or two years ago. Oh, yeah. It was two years ago. Woo-hoo. When I didn't have a car two years ago, uh, I, was, I was carpooling to a wedding with these two focused missionaries. They were girls. And they were talking about any they're like listening to an enneagram podcast and talking about enneagrams pretty much the whole trip there's a podcast about it it was Why? it was a several hour drive and so they said um ethan what kind of what enneagram type are you and i said i don't know i really don't like it when people try to assign an enneagram type to me and then they said oh you're definitely a four and i was like did you not hear oh, what i, I just said so I get that with um <laughs> with uh, Myers Briggs all the time. Yeah. I'm like I'm like are uh I'm like I don't know if I'm a I'm a I was like I I I I'm like an ENXP cuz I don't know if I'm a T or an F and they're like oh you're totally a T. That's such a T thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like get that actually happened to me at a Myers Briggs training workshop. You went to a Myers Briggs like, training workshop. Yeah, they were required at Franciscan. You know you're the kidding. place that's supposed to love Jesus Yeah. and not <laughs> the, yeah, anyway. I don't think here's the thing. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad to put words to things that you experience. It, yeah, it's not. It's not right. Bad. That's that's good. Like that part of those tests is helpful because maybe there's something about you that's like hard to explain and hard to define, and it's good for you to know that about yourself so that you can yeah. speak about it to other people, the people that you love, and help explain, and then maybe work on it if it's negative. Outside of that, it's it's pretty useless, um, and I think I do think that temperaments are much more helpful than. Uh, Enneagram and Myers-Briggs just because mm-hmm. choleric, sanguine, phlegmatic, and melancholic I think are, there's a lot more fluidity between all four of the, the areas and it's not, it's not as rigid. It's not as rigid. Yeah. It's not just, oh, I'm this and I'm only this and this is who I am. It's like, no, I'm choleric, sanguine, but like I can also see 
the influences that melancholic and phlegmatic people have on me, you know, and like how that, yeah. that works out. And so it's, I think it's helpful. That's the probably out of all of them. That's the one I would pick mostly because it's the ancient one that like the Greeks used. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I always thought that Myers Briggs was kind of like hacky hacky. Cause it, it, it was really funny because they would give us a worksheet that had all the 16 types on it in a table. Uh-huh. It was a table. And um, she handed them out and she was talking about like, and remember, like, we're not trying to put you in a box. And I raised my hand and I was like, all of the types are in boxes. You're that guy in the class. Yeah, huh? <laughs> I was like, they're all in boxes. I was very, I was very anti it. And the more, the more it went on, the more anti I got. This is why um, I love doing a podcast with you because sometimes I, like, if I was in that class with you, I would be so up in arms. I'd be so angry. I'd be like, this is garbage. I can't believe you're making us do this. On my own, I'd be, I would probably, like, be with my other friends who I don't have a podcast with, and I'd be like, this sucks. And they'd be like, why are you upset about this? And I'd be like, all right, fine, whatever. But if I was with you, you'd be like, yeah, this does suck. And I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's <laughs> We're why. we like throwing chairs, you know. <laughs> that's why we've been doing this for three years is because none of my other friends will indulge me. <laughs> <laughs> we won't. Yeah, I, it's just it's just an irrational hatred that yes. I have for Myers. Sure. I did I did read a I did read a book about it, of the course. origins of it. Yeah, and um, the the people who created it, it's kind of like it's kind of like those other those other things we talk about, like the Kinsey Institute or Planned Parenthood, where like they don't really talk about their founders oh, as much. Oh yeah, yeah. You know um, who was like, Myers? Kinda, who was Briggs? What are they up to these who days? Who was Myers Briggs? Um, well, the it's a mom and a daughter combo. Okay. Why and do they have different last names? I guess the daughter might have gotten married. Well, one of them's last name was Briggs Myers. And then the other one's last name was Briggs. So okay. it was Myers Briggs. I understand. Yeah. yeah. So the daughter, the mom was like, her. the mom, her daughter was like a science experiment, essentially. She's like, can I make the perfect daughter? Oh my gosh. By just like being really like, can I can I figure out how to like, really make her like the the top a top achiever Ugh. right and can i make her like super, yeah it was it was kind of it was kind of weird and so they they developed this together and originally the test was sold as a way to uh to determine aptitude in the workplace okay it wasn't like it wasn't like oh what kind of person are you it was are you the kind of person we should hire can you produce yeah, exactly. And so there were certain there were certain personality types that they wouldn't hire. So there was there was a natural sounds so racist. That, that, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like there's a there's there's like oh well now we have this this external non racial yet yeah, measuring stick that we can assign like oh well it just so happens that this racial group falls mostly into this personality type and that personality type isn't hireable. It's one of those things where it's like backdoor racism, like poll taxes and and uh, literacy tests mm-hmm. and IQ tests had that as well. Standardized testing still also still has racial implications. Um, so yeah, there's I, I'm I'm I was before I read the book I was convinced that Myers Briggs was demonic, and then after I read it I was like, oh wait, no, it was racist. Ah uh, cool. yes, what's the difference? Um, was it? Mm, uh, mm-hmm. right here. Patrick, I just oh, not to stop the flow of the podcast, but in exactly a week from right now, oh, I guess I'm in Central Time. Dang it! <laughs> well, yeah, but it's still, like less than exactly a week from right now. Even though a week from right now, you will be married. It's true. 
as of we'll this, we'll be taking pictures when this podcast comes out. You'll have already been married, so everybody say yay, yay! But yeah, so. as of recording, this is a week away. I would be yeah. if I didn't already have diarrhea. <laughs> I'd have double diarrhea. I would get it again. <laughs> Honestly, we're just happy that it's happening at this point. Yeah, you know, I'm, we're just very excited. I'm and so excited. I can't wait to great. to party down in florida mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the land of the party i'm 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 excited to see which one of us cries first you or phoebe or you or me no you or me <laughs> i cry at every wedding i know which one of us is gonna cry first it's gonna be you probably a man a man like yourself knowing what i know about you <laughs> a little blubbery baby a little, little the floor blubbery the baby i just can imagine phoebe walking down the aisle and then you're just gone bye patrick see you later if I start crying, Phoebe's going to start crying. Exactly. But she's not allowed to cry because she's going to mess up her makeup. She got makeup on. Yeah. Got to keep that fresh. Curly Phoebes. Got to be looking good. At, at, Curly, at, Phoebes. Curly, at Phoebes Curly Phoebes on Instagram. Uh, oh, frick. I don't have a hot take. I started just recording do, uh, too just fast. Do, just, just do roulette. Just do roulette. Can I you do a roulette on the Twitter data thing? Um, that would be sick if I could just click random. Yeah. And, here's what you got to do. Just hit, just hit uh, control F and then just... Pick a word. Okay. Give me a word. Um chastise. Uh zero for zero. Zero results. Okay. Uh chased. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Hold chased. <laughs> chased. <laughs> this actually isn't that bad. Um well this is in twenty mine was in twenty seventeen. <laughs> is this are we are we in the hot take time machine right now? Oh, dang it. I forgot to introduce the guy. Hot take time machine. Welcome to the hot take time uh, machine. Uh, the part of the show where we take a look, where we control F on all of our old tweets to find things because we didn't search them before the, the cast. If you have a hot take... And you would like to embarrass yourself, send it in. It's a good exercise in humility, a good exercise in supporting this show because we desperately need content in the age of Patrick getting married and having to record two podcasts in one week, baby. Baby, let's go. Patrick. Uh, my hot take comes it. from 2017 because I just Googled, I just control F the word uh, chastity. And I found, there was a meme a while back that was like, at A&M, howdy can mean hello, goodbye. Uh, oh, sorry there, partner. Didn't mean to bump into you. Did you remember? Do you remember that meme? No, but I I know a lot of people from A and M, and so I know that to be true. Yeah, it was like at it was like at our college. This word can mean blank, 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 blank. And so I put at Franciscan University. Emotional chastity can mean anything you want. No one knows what it means, <laughs> and I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, that's that must have been confusing. To whom? To everyone at Franciscan. Why was it so hard to just be normal at that school? I don't know. I think it's because I'm actually, I don't know. I don't actually know. I it is hard for you always to be have insight, at that school. But it seems like, it seems like, let me get this straight, right? Yeah. You get a bunch of Catholics together who all love the Lord and are desiring to be youth ministers and Steubenville speakers or whatever. That at least, well, maybe not. They wouldn't be. They would be normal, but at least they'd kind of have a semblance of like this is how to live well. But also, they're eighteen when they get there, so 
Kind that's of, more it. Kind of, that's more it. Can, than, it's hard yeah. to defeat the power of biology, you know? Yeah, it's it's a problem. It's the word when the word freshman is tacked on to whatever you are, yeah. you immediately become twenty IQ points. Now, there we go, dumber. Yeah, that's tough. Um, but I think this Franciscan University is a good re- like. I think Franciscan is great, and I think that there's a lot of good there, and I think that people are a little uh, people there are a little too cognizant of the way that makes it different, and I think everybody thinks they're not a Franny, which I think is the funny thing. Yes, I think everyone thinks they're not one of the those Frannies. Um, which means that they're not as alone as they think they are. But uh, I think that the the what Franciscan is in the minds of of people that go there is this like very sheltered bubble, mm-hmm. and it's it's not that because in people do go out into the outside world. But I think it's a great example of why the Benedict option wouldn't work. Yeah, is <laughs> because that community would become in effect a cult, impotent oh. when it comes to evangelization yeah because even now like talking about people outside of the franciscan bubble there's a there's there's a code and there's like different understandings of the way things work and a different vocabulary it just becomes impossible to ingratiate anyone that comes from outside into it unless they come in as a freshman and people that transfer in always feel like an outsider i don't know i did it in like three Um, days (laughs) (laughs) i think that's because of the podcast that's true you were like, you're like, hey everybody, households, am I right? And everyone, and they was were like, like, one of us, one of us. You guys want to go to the Lululemon Lounge with me later? <laughs> the Louis Liz Lobby. <laughs> Thank you. I could never get it right. You never did. Hey, it. we're having a podcast, and somehow everyone, everyone knew what you were everyone saying. Everyone knew. Hey, remember when Scott Hahn walked in ten minutes after our episode ended? I always tell people like, hey, I have a picture with Scott Hahn, and they're like, no way, and it's a picture of him blurry, waving in the background as I'm looking in the other direction. <laughs> one, of, one of these days, that's going to be an iconic image. It really, it's going to be it like one of those, be. one of those like. Where were you yeah. when these two great saints crossed paths? <laughs> in like a hundred years, it's going to be the cover of some book about me. Maybe Scott Hahn, not me. Um, I have a <laughs> that's the that's in the book about Scott Hahn's life. Yeah, <laughs> he he was always waiting. He was always <laughs> <laughs> Scott Hahn, the patron saint of waving. Patron saint of waving. I have a tweet here from June seventh, twenty fourteen. I presume that this is the to the tune of the song about library cards from Arthur. Oh, what a bop. And it says in all capital letters, having fun's not hard when you have a chastity card. Having fun's not hard when you have a chastity card. You repeated it? No, I just repeated it again for emphasis for your sake. Ethan, you posted great. I did. You're going to lose subscribers. I thought it would be zero (laughs) retweets, seven likes. I thought it would be very popular. I thought everyone would get the reference to the Arthur show. I thought everyone would think I very, was cool for having a chastity card. It's a very niche tweet. It was. <laughs> it is still to this day. Did 
Did you ever? I I had how many chastity cards did you have by the end of high let's, school? Let's let's answer the question. How many chastity cards do I have in my wallet currently? How many? Hold on. <laughs> Wait, do you actually have them still? Me, I tossed those out. Let me look. And check it out. Still chased. True love waits. You have a ch- March sixth, two thousand and ten. Two thousand and ten. Hold on. You have a ten-year-old chastity card in your. Hold on. I got another this one from twenty fourteen. No, no, no. Go back to the 2010 one. one. You have one from 2010, Ethan. We were like 13. We were like eight. I got one from 2013. We weren't eight in 2010. I got one from 2012. Why do you still carry them? And I have an expired Target gift card. Gift cards don't expire. You mean a coupon? (laughs) Look at them all. I have five in my wallet. At any point in time, just in case somebody walks up to me and says, hey, are you chased? I can say yes. <laughs> yes. I renewed Today, I renewed my chastity. No, I here, let oh me tell you this. Gosh. I've always had this image of my mind of like when I propose to the woman that I'm going to marry that I pull out these chastity cards and I, and I make them rain. And the closer I get <laughs> to potentially being engaged to somebody, the more I realize that's just a bad idea. But I have them just in case. Just in case. I can't believe you carried them for this. Because there was always, they were always like pitching this this idea of like, if you save these and give them to your wife on your wedding night, how beautiful will that be? And I was like, you're right, that would be beautiful. And but but I was 14, but I still have them as like a goof, so I can pull them out and show people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very, very funny. funny. As a goof, yeah, I made you laugh. You know. <laughs> for having having funds not hard 10 years old in your wallet having funds not hard when you have five chastity cards <laughs> <laughs> that 10 years is a long time that was my eighth grade confirmation retreat when i signed that one how many wallets have you had since then uh one maybe two really? this wallet is no. very old it's oh. got a string hanging the the id flap is about to fall off oh my gosh yeah that is yeah, an i need old a wallet. new wallet mine, mine is like really thin Ooh and new it's got like a bunch of pockets though phoebe got it for me it's phoebe's very good at giving me gifts that's nice she has given me most of the things that are in my pockets and and I, she gave me a watch and she gave me this oh. and yeah she yeah so i she gave me my she gave me a kindle for my birthday one year which is like a very on-brand gift Dang. Um, so yes my wallet my wallet is not a foldable wallet it's very thin i would like one so at curly so phoebe. at curly phoebes if you're looking for a way to that's at curly p h o e b s at curly f e e b s at curly phoebes phineas and phoebes with a z excuse phoebes. me yeah go join if you have curly hair at curly phoebes we'll do that i told you about that thing my, my dad's friend was a radio show host and his wife was a singer and whenever they mentioned his wife they would say naomibradshaw.com so every time we mention phoebe we'll say i was talking to at curly phoebes the other day <laughs> NaomiBradshaw.com. Hey, uh, do you have a? You said you had a topic in our text message in our pre-recording text rendezvous. Yeah, that's true. We do text. Patrick and I text every day. Good morning. Good night. I miss you. <laughs> what do you have for lunch? <laughs> How many eggs do you have in the fridge? <laughs> sailboat emoji. You know what? All the normal What's stuff. Sailbo- you don't text What's sailboat, sailboat emojis to your emoji? boys. What does that mean? How is you gonna know that you guys are? Uh, if that we were on a boat, we if I want a boat ride for three, you would be one of the three people that I took. Is this a reference to something? Well, that was a reference to I'm on a boat okay. by Lonely Island. <laughs> What's the boat emoji though? The, the sailboat emoji. Yeah. Just a boat. 
What does it mean? It doesn't mean it's just a boat. Okay. I used to I used to use a sailboat emoji. I so on my phone I put everybody's full name in the contact in my phone because mm-hmm. I hate not having people's full names in my phone. And so I don't put like first name mom. I'm like no no no. My mom's first name is Della. Her nickname is mom. And so I, I use the nickname field a lot. And so when I was in high school, I would like if if I shipped two people, ah. I would take two boats and I would put them next to their name. I thought maybe it was saying like if I send you the sailboat emoji, that means that I like the cut of your jib. And this is like me approving how you sail. No, it's just a sailboat emoji. My dad likes to send random emojis instead of saying like, thanks. He'll just go dancing back or, or <laughs> Octopus. skateboarder. <laughs> Octopus. That's not a random emoji. It's pretty random. LLXD. I use I use the I use the sailboat emoji. I use the octopus emoji all Maybe the time. Maybe I should implement the sailboat emoji more often. The octopus emoji on like if you have an emoji on your mm-hmm. uh, on your phone, the sailboat emoji. Or sorry, I keep you keep sailboat. saying the that. octopus emoji is hilarious. I love the chicken on an emoji. It, it's, it's so I really love the octopus. When you raise your eyebrows, the octopus has like like eight wrinkles <laughs> on its forehead. <laughs> it's great. That's funny. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You ready to hop into the topic? Hop into the topic time machine. The top take time machine. Did you? Are you gonna put the Obama one in in last week? I put the week? Obama one in the. I put the Obama one in the one that we did last week. It's already up. Okay. Obama's up. Obama's up. He's Obama's at there. Cruise, Air Force One's at cruising altitude. Let's keep the Obama one for the next month. Okay. I think up until election day, we should. Keep, oh my gosh. <laughs> we should keep. We should keep the Obama. Day. Okay, so I. I'm working on a book. Everyone knows this. If you listen to the show for the past two years, we've been working on a book and a merch store for years. Yeah, that's the thing. At the crunch. Listen, God saved mankind over the course of thousands of years. Okay. So give me give me some more time <laughs> to work on this book. Uh, <laughs> no comment on the merch store. No comment on the merch store. That's <laughs> that's not in my that's not in my court. That's the thing. Um, so. I was working on the book. I sent. I finished it over quarantine. Ah, <laughs> my chair. My chair just fell. Uh, <laughs> I was working on it over quarantine, and I finished a rough draft. And I sent it into a publisher that shall remain nameless. And uh, I got. I got some feedback. Um, it turns out I didn't stay on topic. Um, 
I went off topic a couple of times and I wasn't as, as focused on the point of the book, um, which is a little bit of a wound to my pride, but hey, <laughs> you can't win them all. And uh, it's, you know, who, who would, who would you know, I, I guess a, a big shock, you know, I didn't do it perfect the first yes. time. Okay, so the point of the book is supposed to be about brotherhood. And so I wanted to kind of clarify my thoughts on what brotherhood is. And, and then are you going to send the main points, this podcast and be like, look, see, I know what I'm talking about. Publish my book. I don't talk about, publish my book. I put the whole podcast on. Uh, and before the the ladies out there turn off the uh, turn off the engine or turn off the podcast, um, I have given I've given talks on this in the past, and women seem very receptive to this, especially because it kind of helps them know like what to what to look for, like how to how to be a better sister to their friends that are guys, or like what to look for in a fella, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I don't know. First off, like what do you think of when you hear the word brother? I think of my brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of uh, a male that you're especially yeah. close to, um, that you maybe share more of yourself with, that you can do a lot of things with. Yeah. Uh, that you love, probably. That's one of the, that's one of like the the weirdest things though is that when we think of when we call people brother, right? It's like it, it refers to our our blood refers to our love for wwe (laughs) hey brother (laughs) but you know referring to someone that's not related to you as your brother is is like a very christian thing yes you know there's there's this kind of like humanist idea that everyone on earth is your brother you know that sort of thing but it's more realized in the church and Ratzinger has a book on this called the meaning of Christian brotherhood. I think it's a, it's a book that I don't read enough considering that it's good. I'm writing a book on exactly that. Uh, but he taught, he talks about the way that Christian brotherhood works is that it's very, it's a, it's, it's very boundaried. Like if you're not baptized, strictly speaking, you're not a Christian. And so you can't be someone's brother in Christ if you're not baptized. But that being said, anybody can become your brother or sister in Christ just by virtue of being baptized. And so he says it's like it's it's this new the church is a new thing where it's like the you it was hard to become someone's brother in the city of Athens, right? The Athens called the Athenians called themselves like brothers. It was hard to become an Athenian, mm-hmm. but it's not hard to become a Christian. And so this permeable membrane, right, is 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 kind of unique to Christianity. Um, but it's not just about a relationship. I think brotherhood is something that you can become good at or be worse at. Okay, yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, So being someone's brother means that you are a good man, like first off, but it's something that's a little more specific than that. I, I, and I think the core of brotherhood is that you can't be a brother without being a son first, and you can't be a son without having a father. And so I think brotherhood is helping, is is being an image of the father to other people and then also like growing in sonship, becoming a better son of the father. Does that make yeah. sense? Cool. I think uh, it's weird because does that mean that I have to be my younger brother's dad? No. You know, <laughs> like yeah, if, no. if brotherhood is kind of, yeah, it is. It is brother to brother, and you do have to be sons first. And it's easier when you have the same biological father, because then it's like, yeah. oh yeah, 
we definitely sprung from that dude's loins. Like that's, (laughs) that's where it happened, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And so there's a natural bond there. Um, but then I think so many people struggle with their earthly fathers that when you have the idea of Christian brotherhood and this idea of like, we're all sons together of the father, even among committed Catholics, right. Who are, disciples of Jesus and desire to follow the Lord, desire to grow in holiness, you still struggle to get that brotherhood because so few people really believe that like their heavenly father loves them to the extent that God does. And so I think it makes it harder necessarily for Christian brotherhood to happen, especially in America when, I mean, the family's getting broken down, you know, and then yeah. if the family's not getting broken down, it's everything in between like the individual and the society at large that's getting broken down. Like you don't have, this is a like, kind of a tangent, but like you don't have bowling leagues anymore and you don't have mm-hmm. like clubs, like the boy scouts are just the scouts and what do they even do? You know, like yeah. all these things where you could, maybe if your family was less than stellar, right? You could at least find some kind of positive uh, father figure and some positive brotherly figures in these other things. Just naturally, like just in the naturally, yeah. right in the parish youth groups, like all these things. Cause there used to be small to moderate sized organizations and associations that existed outside the family. So you could have that, but I think now, and it's always been hard, right? It's always been hard to know the love of the father. But I think now in the culture that we live in, that's so atomized and isolated, it's much more difficult to like meet somebody who is a Christian and like feel that brotherhood with them quickly and easily. Because like, like you were saying, it's a virtue that you have to build and get better at. And I think that even within our own families, we aren't being challenged to like get better at brotherhood. Um, yeah. I don't know what it, I want to, I want to like talk about what you said. You said like, it. does that mean that I have to be my little brother's dad? I think, there's the yes and no. There's a yes the and no to that. The both end of Catholicism. Like, the both end of Catholicism. Because, like, no, you obviously, like, fatherhood is what? The catechism. Here we go. Describes God's fatherhood as both, like, loving kindness and origin and authority. And I, I changed the, I changed, I forget exactly what the word. You changed, changed the catechism? You changed the catechism? Yeah, I totally did. No, I just used different words to make them a little more palatable to people who don't use origin and authority on a on a daily basis. Yes. Um, I changed it to, yeah, fatherhood is created by, uh, is, is characterized by creative authority and loving kindness. And so creative authority means like the authority that comes from the fact that you created something. Yes. Um, and you don't have that with your brothers. You didn't create them. Uh, you also don't have, but you do have loving kindness, I do. right? That you can, you can, and you have some, authority over them in the sense that like when you're the oldest brother you are delegated responsibilities from your parents to to watch your siblings every so often that's right i'm in and charge in that, yeah and that's the exact wrong way to approach oh, it no. right like if you were that brother like i was your your younger brother starts to resent you and you should be able if you in order to grow in brotherhood you should notice that they are resenting you and notice that you need to grow in kindness and love so that they don't come to resent you and then similarly, there's a lot of situations when in just our regular day-to-day lives, when we're with other people that are either younger or older than us and less experienced in something, when we have to kind of be a paternal figure in a, in a, in a little way. And so that I, 
in the book, I have a chapter on big brothers and little brothers. And I talk about how being a big brother prepares you for being a father and being a little brother teaches you how to be a son. Mm. So little um, brothers never in a way get to learn how to be dads. Sorry? Little brothers never get to learn how to be dads. That's, that's the problem. No, no, no. no. So you that's, just have to that's keep why... having kids. <laughs> you should, infinite, it's an infinite regression. I think, th- but that, that point is why the natural family isn't enough. It's because you need, you need a universal family because in that sense, then there's no limit to how many brothers and sisters you can have. The other, the other thing they, that they mentioned was like, uh, they want to, they wanted me to be a little more clear on how to grow in brotherhood. Like what, what did I mean by how to grow in brotherhood? Mm-hmm. And well, I, I kind of said it earlier, but I think that growing in brotherhood i i see like i see like masculinity and then femininity as well as like a tree it's rooted in the fact that you are a son or a daughter of of the father right and the point of the tree is to grow and flower and bear fruit right and so the fruit of the tree is you know like fatherhood and motherhood that's the end goal of your masculinity is fatherhood Mm -hmm. the end goal of your femininity is motherhood and that's the only fun that's the only functional difference between men and women is fatherhood and motherhood there is a real difference there but like the functional difference is a, a man becomes a father and a, a woman becomes a mother. And I think that if the, if the root of the tree is fatherhood, if, sorry, if the root of the tree is sonship and the fruit of the tree is fatherhood, then the trunk of the tree, like how tall it grows base is based on how good of a brother you are. Yes. And so that's the, that's the main image of, of the point that I try to make in the book, but they want to say like, what do you mean by grow in brotherhood? And I just think it means like growing in virtue and deliberate practice trying to like write a rule of life for yourself and see what what does it mean to be a good father what does it mean to be a good son practically and then how can i continue to do those things how have i done well in these things how have i done poorly in these things recently and continue to like examine yourself and see how see what your journey see like how far along you are in your journey yeah i think that's i mean that's was jesus's whole thing when he was here on earth knocking around was uh what was the thing they will know you are my disciples by your love for one another right he's mm-hmm. basically saying like the mark of whether or not you're a christian is how good of a brother you are essentially and so i i don't think anything that you're saying is wrong at all i i just wish that there was a m- more of an emphasis on it kind of in the church as a whole because we do there is this like there's this idea of like we need masculinity as this whole thing like this whole concept you got into the breach you know all Mm. this stuff knights of columbus we gotta be men you gotta be a firefighter you gotta solve crimes (laughs) as a detective in the force on the team like these are (laughs) on a train on a train with a with a knife in the parlor (laughs) um and there's this idea of like, oh, we need to restore masculinity to what it is. You need to not have toxic mas- masculinity. We also need to not have weak and impotent men. Um, young, virile men need to make a reappearance. <laughs> we need young, virile men. Uh, and then also the same thing with... I am a young, vibrant man. <laughs> we need the same thing with femininity, right? It's like reclaiming true femininity and the feminine genius and all these things. And I don't listen to any of those podcasts, so I have no idea what that's about. Yeah. But I think there... It's, I think what we need to do is shift the conversation to be less about masculinity as a whole and then focus more on this idea of brotherhood 
uh, because because you get guys into these like men's groups. I see this on Tulsa's campus a lot. Like you have them in men's groups or they're in a Bible study or small group outside of the dudes who are like on a sports team, right. Who Mm -hmm. naturally are very inclined towards virtue and growing in virtue because they, there's a very clear connection with like sport, you know, like if I practice and I fail, that's okay. I just have to keep practicing and practice well so that then I can, do better when the time comes for me to be tested, right? Like that's just a very mm-hmm. easy, like, so like the, the translation to the spiritual life and then also the idea of working together. And if you're not getting along, then you're not going to be performing well. Like all these things um, lend themselves more towards good brotherhood. I mean, it's it's a good foundation for, for Christian brotherhood. Yeah. It's not perfect, obviously. But outside of that, I was talking, go ahead. I was actually talking to, so like after I after I wrote the book and sent it in, I was like, oh, I need to interview more people. And so I started interviewing people. I interviewed this one guy, like started a men's group. Um, for it was this Catholic men's group. But then I actually got to interview a former MLB player. Uh, he played for the Pirates, and then he played for the the Diamondbacks. And mm. um, he when he played on the Diamondbacks, he was there for like three months. Mm-hmm. He was there. He got, he got traded in August, which means that he had or like I think late. July anyway which meant he had a couple of months before the postseason and the Diamondbacks did not go to the postseason. of course and yeah obviously everyone knew that uh and the one the one the, the like one of their biggest players I forget who it was he would lead a weekly bible study like prayer group they would meet they would meet in the Jose in the Canseco gym. sorry Jose Canseco is that who it uh, no was? but he was a player and I think he was not I think there was some scandal about him Never mind. Anyway, well, probably not. not I don't remember the name. I didn't write it down. So he talked about he talked about the atmosphere um, in that team was very like cohesive. They were they felt like they were on the same team. They felt like they were working together. Um, and then someone started like a Bible study, a men's group out of that. And whoever wanted to come and pray and one everyone one person would lead it and talk about what they're praying about, etc. And I think the that's actually how he came back to the faith. Because someone start someone on his baseball team started a men's group mm-hmm. to talk about the faith, and they had this prior interest. They had this prior thing that united them, and then he was like, "Oh well, I already know these guys from baseball. I might as well talk to them about Jesus too." And I think we put the cart before the horse in that sense of like, who wants to come and talk about Jesus with me to just anybody? Yeah. And then the only people who respond are going to be the people that are already looking for that. Whereas we should take our our interests, our original interests, and say. Who wants to who wants to go on a hike with me? You know, like who likes hiking? Mm. And then you just go hiking with people and then after a while you're you're on a hike, you're gonna start talking and you're gonna talk about your faith and they're gonna talk about theirs. If bada only bing, if boom. only this example was set for us by the most successful evangelist of the twentieth century. Oh wait, it John Paul it was. <laughs> it was totally actually set by him. With Jan Turner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know his name. I've been saying Jan Turnsky since the whole... I borrowed a copy of uh, St. John Paul the Great and his Five Loves by Jason Evert. Because um, yeah. it's it's a it's a decent, like, quick little read about JP2. And I love reading about JP2. I there, yeah. um, and when it started talking about Jan Turnowski, I was like, <laughs> Jan Turnsky. Anyway, <laughs> uh, this is... I mean, I, I do love JP2. And I think I'm going to start reading a lot more about him because I just think he's... Just so him, his canonization process started a month after his yeah. death. Yeah, that's unheard of. Him, Pier Giorgio. Like I think we just need to look at the the twentieth century saints. Not that the people who are older than that are bad, but it's like 
we need to look at the example of the saints that have been closest to us in time, because I think yeah. that's going to give us the best praxis for like, what do we do with this modern world? You know, like, what do we do about that? Mother Teresa, JP2, Pierre Giorgio, Trez of Lisieux, yes, she was living in a convent, so it's a little bit different, but she still yeah. is a freaking stud. Um, also 19th century. Yeah. But yeah. Was she? Oh, I guess she got mm-hmm. canonized in the last. Anyway. She did, yeah. That's neither here nor there. What I was saying was, is uh, that's what I'm trying to do on on campus a lot more, especially now during uh, a global pandemic. Um, there, that's the this is the only way to evangelize, right? Is I can't, I can no longer just go out. I mean, in limited capacity, I can't just go out and meet people and say, "Hey, come to my Bible study," right? Because got to be six feet away. Can't really shake their hand. Can't really talk to them. What am I going to do? What I can do is say, okay, look, the chess club is having an event, right? Only 10 to 15 people are allowed into these, like on at TU's campus. That's kind of like the number that they're setting for like small groups for the first three-ish weeks. So I can go to the things that I care about, right? I can go and be at the chess club. I can go and see if there's a film club. I can go to the things that I already know about, right? And I can send my teammates to do the same and I can become a part of those groups and yeah, I'll invite people to Bible study. Yes, I'll invite people to mass. Yes, that will be a part of my conversations. And I'm not just going just to like use the group to meet these people, but yeah. it's something that I really care. And I think that is is sometimes the vision that's talked about when it's like evangelization on a campus or, or anywhere is like, do what you already like to do, then invite people. But so often the practicality is like, I'm in the Newman Center and I need to meet all these people at the Newman Center so that that way I know that they're not going to say no because I know that they're already Catholic, you know? Um, yeah. But I think for even after graduation or after I leave the college campus, that's what you have to do anyway. But it goes back to what I was saying before is that like those small clubs and organizations don't necessarily exist. Like it's hard to get a group of people who are adults, like let's have a hiking group that goes every, you know, every week. Maybe that can exist in some places, but I feel like it's not as common as it once was. So I don't, I don't really know how to do that. I think the thing, and this is not a pandemic thing, but I think the answer is like, if you know someone from work, everybody likes drinking. (laughs) Everybody, everybody likes drinking. Everybody loves Raymond. Those are kind of the two things that you need to know. Those are kind of the two things. And everybody hates Chris. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Wasn't there another one about, uh, 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 what was his name? Everybody tolerates, uh, what was the my name is Kevin Earl? James. Okay, that's not was my that was Earl. not everybody loves Earl. It was just my name is Earl. Anyway, my name is Carry Earl. On. Yeah, I I think I think you think no, there aren't there aren't just hiking groups, right? But you can definitely just make one, right? You know, I think, and that would be a. I don't I don't think I don't think that people are as as. Uh, averse to community as we think i think they're starved oh, for it and they know that patrick nevy that's such a what? great you just reminded me so we listened to um the legend uh jonathan reyes give talks this week and he had just mm-hmm. the best line about community ever yeah you mean the i hate the boys no jonathan reyes is not a boy he's, not, he's a man uh he said he was talking about this idea of we're lacking stable cohesive um associations like 
which mm-hmm. is also about the family, but it's like for most of those groups outside of the family that we were talking about, like you're one person at work and you're one person at school and you're one person with your family and you're one person with your friends. Like there's no, there's no cohesion yeah. to our lives anymore. Right. And he said this at the very end when he was talking about, it, he said, just because communities are breaking down doesn't mean that people don't want community. And I was just like, yeah. like that's just such a good way to think about it because yeah, it's breaking down, but it's not anybody's fault necessarily, right? They've just been caught up in this yeah. social tidal storm, tidal wave, tidal situation. And so that would be a pure exercise of Christian brotherhood and a great, mm-hmm. uh, a great opportunity to live out that virtue of Christian brotherhood is by starting yeah. those things back up again, which might be hard. It might mean that you have to invite people over to your home for dinner a couple of times a week, you know, when you and when you and Phoebe are married, right? Like that kind of thing or yeah. sacrifice time that you would watching TV, spending time with other people doing doing an activity that might not necessarily even be your favorite activity, but you got to do something with these people or else yeah. they're going to be alone. And like it's this idea of there's such a intense spiritual poverty that comes with aloneness right we've seen this with the mm-hmm. even just like the priest scandal is a very dramatic example like when priests live alone it's not great it's not going well and just in general when any when <laughs> anybody lives alone it do, often does not go yeah. great and so we need to have this like intense urgency about us in the same way that like when you see somebody on the street hopefully your thought should be what can i do for this person right mm-hmm. how can i serve them you need to have the same thing for the people who are spiritually poor, who have, who don't have that community, who don't have that brotherhood. Like, can you imagine just growing up and you have, let's say, three brothers and one of your brothers just was always shunned by your whole family? You know, like that would it suck. would suck like your but your whole being should be like that should that should revulse like that should repulse you. Yeah. It should be upsetting and you should want to say, no, I want to include that brother in everything that we're doing. I can't believe my family would exclude him. Hopefully none of your families have done this. Um, and I, but like you're, when you go to work, right. Or you go to school, you're surrounded by hundreds of people that that's their exact situation just by the, by the culture, Mm -hmm. not necessarily by their families. It's incredible. I will say, I will say this. I will say this though, is that even though like Jonathan Ray, as was saying, just because people are starved for community doesn't mean community. They don't want it. Um, in fact, exactly the opposite. And I, I was I realized like like I was part of a I was part of a secular community back in high school. I did stand up comedy yeah. and that was a community of people who did stand up comedy and they were there because they enjoyed doing open mics and they only hung out during open mics, which is uh-huh. fine. And there was evangelization there, at least a little bit, you know. Um there's one there's a Pittsburgh open mic Facebook group. Like, Do you want to come uh, to mass uh, with me? Yes and <laughs> Yes, and that's improv. Oh, sorry, <laughs> improv is uh, improv is a cult, that's as we true. all learned Project from Bojack Horseman. Horseman. Uh, it's 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 especially funny watching uh, television depict improv because most of the writers will come from an improv background, and they hit the nail on the head when it comes to improv. Like the the uh, in that episode of The Office where they do improv, Michael goes to an improv class. Every single person in that scene is an improv actor professionally. Yeah. And so they just they just captured what it looks like. I haven't seen that episode. It's really funny. You should. They're great. I'll watch anyway, it. so there's three examples of a community that are sec- communities that I've been a part of that that aren't church related at all. That I didn't meet through church at all. One is a is a Greek reading reading ancient Greek okay. <laughs> group. Nerd. That meets over Zoom. 
yeah really big 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 nerd uh open open mic comedy um there's like there's like open mic facebook groups that people are like oh there's an open mic this week in the city um and then my mom is a, my mom is a part of a book club at barnes and noble um i didn't know those still existed but yeah they meet for like brunch You're sometimes kidding. it's really yeah it's like one of the most Della is so my mom pure does. Yeah, it's just we great. We must protect they, your mom like, at yeah, all costs. My, my mom is great. And yeah, so those things still exist. Like if you like books, just read that book. They they did this uh they did this um book exchange thing. It was like it was like a a blind date with a book. I don't know if you've ever done that before. Um uh, I never been on a blind date. <laughs> it's blind date with a book that they wrap the book in paper. Mm. And they put like a sentence on the front that's kind of like about it, and you, and you choose, choose it. it. Oh, so yeah, like you pay you pay a dollar and you you're pick judging a book. the book based on its cover. No, you're judging the book based on not its cover. You're judging the book based on a one sentence. Ah, uh, yes, which is better. Yeah. Somehow, yeah. I mean that's what online dating that's is. True. So yes, those are my thoughts on brotherhood. I think th- I think those <laughs> are really good thoughts, and I think those are like thank you. I think people need to. We do talk a lot about fatherhood. We do talk a lot about sonship, but we need to we need to fill out the trunk of that tree, or else trunk of that tree, baby. or else it's not. You're gonna try to have the fruitfulness without the mm-hmm. means to get there. Like if because if you're not a good brother, yeah. you're not gonna be a good father, and that's and when it comes to brotherhood among men and women, mm-hmm. right? Like brotherhood is important in intergender relationships because mm-hmm. it helps people see i mean this is the whole sarah swafford emotional virtue talk it's like you need to have your friends that are girls and you need to have your friend like you you, the girls need to be with the girls and the guys need to be with the guys and then those two groups need to mix up and then they meet each other that's like a really great way to and it's so much more stemming from all this i think it's so much easier for guys just to be with guys if they're not always with guys does that make sense so like if if yeah. guys and girls hang out semi regularly then this is why it's good to have like big families with cousins and stuff because then you learn like this is how to interact with women and men and like all these things in these different situations so that when you are just with the dudes not that it's like this nice reprieve from women but it's like okay this is different and I can recognize the goodness of it and like soak it up rather than like if you're just a dude and you're always with dudes then unless you're in seminary in which case god bless you um if you're always with dudes and you're just hanging out with men all the time then it can create these really unhealthy like sometimes to the extreme views of women or what it means to have female friends and all of that stuff what it means to be in relationships mm-hmm. with women and that's not that's not real brotherhood either if like being friends with yeah. men to the exclusion of women like that's not that's not great so Sorry, my mom texted me something about my marriage file. Need some essentially needs something from my marriage file. So that's that's a little bit of a source of oh, stress. No. I, if only my phone wasn't face up. Yes. Uh, but yeah, my dad and my mom called me in a row and I was like, "Oh no, someone died." Like that's what I yeah. thought. <laughs> uh so anyway, we can uh we can wrap this up soon. We just got to do one Dr. Ethan's dating corner and then we'll get you out of here and you can take care of your wedding. Oh no, we got at least another half hour. But like well, uh, what's another you, half hour? You might have do? another half hour. I, you don't uh yeah no <laughs> okay so but let's do you have anything else to say on brotherhood I okay great that's good good topic thank you let's do let's do two because one is the question we promised perfect. and then one is an okay, update perfect cool so this one's from anonymous shout out anonymous anonymous i know you 
Um, hey, Ethan and Patrick. Hi. This is more of a question about breakups. Uh, I was recently dumped for being too Catholic. Whoa. This girl is not Catholic and is in my friend group of all Catholics. Oh, my gosh. Should I stay or leave the friend group? Thanks. <sighs> hmm. How cute are the other members of this friend group? <laughs> is it is it worth sticking around, if you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you got to think about your co- opportunity yeah, cost here. It's like you could leave or, um, I don't know, hard to say. I mean, if it's, if it's awkward, then don't, don't hang out. Yeah. But if it's not awkward, then do like, there's no reason that you should lose five friends because one girl made a bad decision. Yeah. See, she's, she's, she's mad at you for being too Catholic, but she's in a friend group. All Catholics. Catholics. Maybe she should look in the mirror. Get her on the podcast. Put it, send her this episode. Maybe she needs to. Maybe she she needs to dump not Catholicism for being too not Catholic. What does it mean to be too Catholic, Patrick? I feel like you've been around those folk. (laughs) Honestly, like, I would say if someone's too Catholic, they're not Catholic. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Someone's like, if someone's too Catholic, that that implies there's some kind of like, because you shouldn't be able to be too Catholic. You know, but I think if someone's too Catholic, that means they're like focused on the wrong thing and they're like overt, like, like people that are way too tratty or like, like way too into the liturgy. It's like, you're too Catholic. Yes. That's how it feels like sometimes it's like, you're a little too, like, it's all you talk about yes. and you need, you need to have like, you know, how like Christ needs to enter your life. You need life to enter your Christ. You know, like you need, you need to have a life for Christ to enter yeah. into. Get a um, life and then invite Jesus into yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, that, I guess, I don't know. Uh, well, first of all, like, uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree with Ethan. Don't leave your friend group. Um, if you, if they're good people, you know, especially if it's like your youth group friends that you're friends with at school and youth group, definitely don't leave that friend group. Yeah. I would also say be around, be around the girl that dumped you and it's a little awkward. Maybe, you know? maybe unsubscribe from the Catholicism subreddit. Um, maybe, maybe unfollow <laughs> some people on Twitter. Cause maybe she has a valid point. Maybe you are a bit too into the liturgy, you know? I think we're not giving this guy enough flack. Hey, chill out, right? Uh, Pope Pope Francis will, is the I real Pope. I will say sometimes. Yeah, I, I I again I remember I know this kid. He's oh, not okay. Oh, uh, he's not crazy. Cool. Yeah, we like yeah, him. We like crazy. him. But um, sometimes sometimes when you're dating someone that's not Catholic, every time you bring up your faith, it's like a sore spot for them. And you honestly like you might not be doing anything wrong. You might be doing something wrong. There's a right way and a wrong way to do it. You know, if you're being a little too pushy. That's not good. Uh, if you weren't being, if you don't think you're being pushy at all, you probably weren't being pushy. So sometimes you can talk about your faith with one group of people and it's like totally fine and normal and everybody's with it. And then you talk about your faith in the exact same way with another group of people and they can get really offended and hurt and upset. And so that there's no easy way to navigate that. If I knew how I would totally tell you on this podcast. But I still don't know. And we would make a we billion, make a billion dollars. dollars. And everybody would say, hey, come <laughs> come speak at my parish. And it will give you $3,000. Nobody okay. says that. So here's the okay. next one. Hello, Dr. Ethan and Professor Patrick. I love Howdy. this. You answered my first email about a month ago on the Jan Turnsky yes. episode. Since then, I've met my girlfriend, hey. Eula- Eulalia. That's not a real name. In person for the first time. 
on a very very long airport layover that's why i didn't the first time i didn't complain about a long layover so they met at a layover okay uh we both really enjoyed our time together and we were happy to find that we like each other just as much in person as over the internet also thank you for the suggestion of fun apps to keep our video calls interesting we'll try some of them out i have a question and it goes like this how do you set healthy boundaries with friends of the opposite sex what majority of my friends are female The two closest are part of the same friend group as Eulalia and I, so that's fine. They feel like sisters to me, and that's how I treat them. A few others stopped initiating conversations with me, so I let those friendships drift apart. But in particular, there's one girl from my parish who reached out to me a while back, and we've hung out a few times, and we text a bit. It's platonic on my end, and I think it is for her, but I don't really know how to tell for sure. Maybe the fact that she's willing to hang out in a group that includes her brother as well as alone is a good sign. Uh, for whatever reason, making friends with girls seems to come easier to me than befriending guys. There are only two guys I've found so far that I can relate to. I'm praying that I will find several more when I go to college. Of course, I'll be meeting plenty of girls in college, too, and I'd like to know how to set myself up for healthy friendships. Announcing something to the effect of, I've got a girlfriend, but I'm okay with you as a friend, seems a bit on the nose. Thanks and God bless Malachi. Yeah, but it can't go wrong, you know? Like, Whoa, whoa wait, wait. Wasn't Malachi the guy with the... No, 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 that was, no. That wasn't that was the, the guy that we Eleazar. cringed for an hour about, right? That was Eleazar. What? That's right. That's right. That's right. I think. Stop using Old Testament. I think the best thing is to walk into every single room and just say, "Have girlfriend." (laughs) May have attention dating. (laughs) Everybody, everybody, ting ting. I'm gonna do this at your wedding. Everybody, ting ting ting. I got a girlfriend. (laughs) Carry on. Go back to your thing. Eat that chicken. Go nuts. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Oh man, I um. It's hard to 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 set specifics because each relationship is do- so different. I would say if you is, let's say you have a girlfriend, right? Whoever this this uh, uh, Ulysses S. Grant woman is that you met in the the airport. What was her name? Yulu Layla. Yuku Yuki. What is Yuki Layla? Yoko Layla. Yoko Ono. You met Yoko Ono in the airport, and she went. You ever heard her sing Yoko Ono? It's terrifying. It's not great. She oh. she sounds like what I just did before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's still alive. What if she's listening oh, to this episode? No, Yoko Ono. If you're you listening, just offended to this, Yoko Ono. You just offended the wor- the the best. I actually people. feel no remorse about offending Yoko Ono. <laughs> She'll be fine. Um, so you met this girl. You like her. Let's say you start dating, uh, and you don't want to walk into every room that you go into and yell that you have a girlfriend. I would just say. Like, just don't flirt with other women. And you can't control what they do, right? And so just, like, if they're texting you, yeah, you can respond. But if they're, like, trying to have, like, long conversations with you via text that, like, don't necessarily, like, it's not, like, pertinent information. Like, sometimes my friends, my female friends would text me, like, hey, just updating you on this other thing. Like, hey, I miss you. Like, how are you doing? That kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's cool. But if it's like a regular, like they want to have frequent conversations with you via text message or they want to hang out in in a group or alone frequently, then that's probably like a sign of like, like maybe there needs to be, if it's in a group, there needs to be multiple people kind of initiating. It shouldn't just be one girl saying, hey, I'm hanging with this group. Do you want to come? Because that means she likes you and she wants in general, maybe not always, but I would just be wary anytime that the girl is doing a lot of initiation and on your end, it's up to you to like set the tone. If you're not texting back and if you're not initiating lots of conversations, unless 
it needs to like happen. Say like, hey, uh, are 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 we getting together at the the calf tonight? You know that kind of thing. Like you can do that. We get together in the Lulu. You get together lounge. in the Lululemon lounge. Like you can do things like that, but it's but don't flirt with her. Don't be don't be cute. Like there's no no yeah. reason to be to be cute. No reason to be sending smiley faces and winky faces to to other women besides Ulysses S. Grant. Like. Don't send a parenthesis unless you're adding a parenthesis. Exactly. That no emoticons. I, I would say that's a good general baseline. What do you think, Pat? I think that's a. I think that's yeah. a good point. I think. I think that. Uh, yeah. It, honestly, you can't really do much about. Um, you can't really do much about someone thinking you might have a. Think you can't do some so much about something. Come on, you got it. You can't really if you if they if they have a crush on you, you can't do that's anything correct. about it. You know that's, that's not your fault. Yeah, it's. It's not. Your you're fault. awesome. And just. Yeah, you they they should. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, and you, you can really only just keep them at the place where they should be. I mean, we talked about this with the Leazar episode. Yeah. I hope he didn't stop listening. Yeah. God bless that man. Uh, you can't like don't just don't intimately share parts of your life mm-hmm. with them, and don't even let it get to the they, point of that. We were talking earlier today of like somebody asked me, "Hey, Ethan, like what percentage does your best friend like what percentage of you does your best friend know about you and i was like well in college my best friend probably knew 90 to 95 percent about me you know now it's probably less than that because i share more with my girlfriend than i do with my yeah. my best guy friend from college even though we still talk all the time you know um mm. which is probably good and correct um no one's gonna 100 percent know me until i'm married with them and I think that's how it should be. And so I think thinking about like how much of myself am I revealing to this person? And is that like good for where I'm at with them? Like if it's a solid Mm -hmm. dude friend, you can share a lot of yourself with that person. That's fine. Like, and you guys should love each other and be Christian brothers. But if it's a lady, not that there's like a number on the percentage scale, but just do a quick like check and be like, how, what percentage of like myself and my thoughts does this girl know? And if it's a lot, if it's more than like 60%, maybe chill and then and then learn a bunch of new stuff so the percentage goes down (laughs) just do do a bunch of new things like pick up a new hobby don't tell her (laughs) why do you have this why do you have this african dulcimer in your room i can't tell you it's not important i can't tell you don't look at it don't look that's another that's another percentage point Ah! (laughs) i was at 59 you you fool oh man that's good i like that Sweet. Um, wow, we did it. This was not as hard as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Two episodes in one week. I'm we so glad done. we don't do this every week. Yeah, that would be tough. It would be. Um, so, patnevy.blog.com. Do you want to throw your French. wedding registry up in the description? Is it too, yeah, is it too late to for that? The not.com. The not.com. It's never too late <laughs> for a wedding registry. The not.com slash Patrick and Phoebe. There it is, baby. Not Phoebe and Patrick. That one takes you to it a different did. Patrick yes. and Phoebe. That happened to me. Patrick not.com slash Patrick and Phoebe. Cool. Um, <laughs> is there anything else that you need from me or my audience? Our audience. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, just watch for the watch for the uh the store launch. Watch for Are you gonna launch the um, store while you're on your honeymoon? That'd be very funny well, no. and on brand. I'm, it might it might launch without okay. me on the honeymoon, which would be funny. Watch for the store launch. Watch for uh, I have a I have something that's not the book, but it is about brotherhood and masculinity. That's coming out soon with Catholic Beard Great. Bomb. That's next month or two months from now. And yeah, that's it. Cool. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? 
Having fun isn't hard when you've got a chastity card. Five chastity cards. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we'll see you all next week.